G'day, g'day! Welcome to Inside the Spine. My name is Lex, and you're about to listen to a book review. I hope you're having a good day, evening, or wherever in time you happen to be when you listen to this podcast. Also, when this gets uploaded, it will officially be the new year. I hope you all had a fabulous holiday season and happy new year! Once again, for any new listeners, a quick rundown on how this will work. The first part, I'll give you a non-spoiler review, my star rating, and for this book, my spice rating. Not every book will have a spice rating, and I hadn't expected this to be one of them, but here we are. After my initial review, I'll give you a warning, and if you haven't read the book and don't want any spoilers, you need to stop listening. I've warned you now, I'll warn you then. That's all the warnings you'll get. So, if you're sticking around, I'm assuming you've already read the book, or don't mind a couple of spoilers. I've broken down the rating into four categories. Characters, cover, storyline, and writing. Each category gets stars out of five, and then from there we get the average for the overall out of five rating for the book. So, before we get started, go grab some water, grab a tea, coffee, hot chocolate, or in the spirit of Christmas, a Bailey's, and settle in as we review The X-Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. Let's get right in with my star rating. I've given the X-Talk 4.5 out of 5 stars. I know some people who read this book had problems with it, but honestly, I loved every single moment. My spice rating is a 4 out of 5, not purely just for the content itself, but also for how well it was written and how it made me feel. We'll take a more in-depth dive into our spice rating a little later when I start going through the spoilers. I truly did love this book. For me, it boiled down to a couple of things. It was nice and simple, easy to follow, and it was honestly really well written. There's a really lovely commentary on grief woven through the story. Now, I don't think literature always needs to be complicated or particularly profound to be good and worthy of reading. I know from some other reviews I've read that the sombre elements put people off as it was supposed to be a rom-com, but I feel like it still has every right to fall into that genre. The more serious moments provided a nice change of pace in places, and Solomon did a really great job at echoing my own thoughts and feelings about grief and grieving in general. It was a nice Hallmark-style read, and I think it's up there for one of my top reads of 2022. I laughed, I cried in moments that I didn't expect to cry, and I wish I could go back and read it again for the first time, that's how much I enjoyed it. The storyline was right up my alley. I am a sucker for an enemies to lovers and a fake dating trope, so when I realised that that was the direction that it was going, I was thrilled about it. Despite being considered cliches by many, if not most people who read, Solomon wrote these tropes really well. I've never understood why people get upset when writers use cliches in certain tropes. They're cliches for a reason, they're a formula that works and they definitely work for this book too. I really liked the characters. There were a couple of queer side characters, which I really loved too. Solomon included them so naturally. It wasn't a huge deal that they were queer. There was no big reveals, no big to-dos. They were there and they existed and had functioning relationships and families and it was beautiful. Now the cover is really bloody nice too. It doesn't give too much away, but it seems to work perfectly. I love the softer, almost pastel colours, and the image used is like a borderline cartoon style, which I also really like. 
even down to the little detail of the microphone cord tangling into a heart, I just really, really love this cover. I think it's clever, I think it's nice, it's simple, it's neat, beautiful. So we've once again reached that time where I tell you to get out of here if you don't want any spoilers. Come back later once you've read or finished reading the book, but for now, it's time to get into some spoiler territory. I don't have anything to say about the cover that I haven't already said other than I'm giving it a four and a half stars. The font, the colours, the picture choice, I liked it all, four and a half stars for that cover so I'm moving straight on to the writing. For me, the writing gets a four out of five. Rachel Lynn Solomon's writing style was quite enjoyable to read. Despite being an easy read, it still felt polished and tidy. There's a lot of really lovely quotes and everything feels like it has a reason to be there. Nothing ever felt muddy or lost. It all had some sort of direction that it was going in. Everything that was in the book felt like it had a reason to be there and had some kind of drive behind it. So the storyline is also being given a 4 out of 5. I loved so much of this story. I was genuinely sad when I finished it because it was over and all I wanted was more. I mentioned earlier that it's very much a Hallmark movie in a book and I'm not bothered by that one bit. I love a Hallmark movie. Anybody that knows me will tell you that Hallmark movies up there is my favourite genre. Christmas Hallmark movies even better. Hit me with the Hallmark all day every day. The only reason that I didn't give it 5 stars in this category was because I would have liked a little bit more of a slow burn for Shay and Dom's relationship. Now I know myself, I cannot write slow burn to save myself. I get too excited and I just need to get there. But I would have liked a little bit more of that. Now it wasn't a big deal, but part of me wanted them and us as the readers to work a little bit harder for what we got. There is the conflict towards sort of the back end of the book where Dom doesn't stand up with Shay and stand by her side at the podcast convention when everything gets exposed and we have that big drama moment, that sort of tipping point, the angsty point, which I really liked and it was a nice bit of conflict for them. But I still think the initial sort of dip into their relationship, I would have liked a little, little bit more time on that, had them work a little bit harder. I know they were hiding it from everybody, but yeah. It was still really good, and obviously the amount of pages that she had to do it in, not that easy. But yeah, just a little bit more of a slow burn. I still enjoyed it though, so much. If you can't tell by the tone of my voice, I'm very excited just talking about this. <laughs> the characters get a fairly solid 4.5 out of 5 stars. There really wasn't much that I didn't like, and if I didn't like it, I can see it was intentional on Solomon's part. There were only one or two characters that I wasn't a huge fan of or moments with characters that I wasn't a huge fan of and that was because I wasn't supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be enjoying the moments or enjoying the character so kudos to Solomon for, for those being the only times in which I wasn't a huge fan. Now I'll go through mostly Shay and Dom individually and then a general side character review too. Let's start with Shay Goldstein. I cannot get over how much I related to Shay's character. It felt like Solomon was holding up a mirror. Her height, her personality, her determination, her fears. I felt incredibly seen through Shay. Solomon seems to be able to describe and put an actual explanation to how loss can make you feel through Shay as well. And it's truly, it's beautiful. 
I loved watching her grow over the course of the book and I was so proud of her towards the end when she finally stood up for herself. I laughed and cried with her and I think that's the sign of a well-written character. And I love the Jewish representation. If only I were Jewish, I would be putting my hand up to be playing Shay when they finally do the adaptation for a series or a movie. It's going to happen at some point. And whoever plays Shay will be wonderful. And I cannot wait to one day, hopefully, see her on a screen. Now, Solomon knew exactly what she was doing with Dominic Yun. I fell in love with him alongside Shay. He was just the best boy. I wanted to give him a cuddle on so many occasions. Now, Dimitri from Anastasia and Nicholas Devereaux from The Princess Diaries walked so that Dominic Yorn could run. His antique collecting with the cast iron pans was so cute. He was instantly so good with Shay's dog Steve and he was so gentle with Shay in general. And I just loved him. I loved him so much. His whole speech on the radio for the radio drive that he did for her towards the end to apologise and tell her that he loved her. Oh, he's just such a good boy. I loved him so, so much. He's everything. Thank you for Dom and Shay. They are my new OTP. (laughs) Now I have three words for Kent and that's all I have to say on the matter. Three words. That's it. Here they are. Fuck you, Kent. I feel like that says everything that needs to be said about Kent's character. (laughs) Now I've already said how I loved that Solomon included a bunch of queer side characters in the world just living their best lives. I liked the varying relationships we got to see of Shay's too. The relationship with her mother, Amina, Paloma, even with Kent. Each of the relationships seemed to change and evolve throughout the course of the book without feeling rushed or forced either, which doesn't always happen so that was a really nice change. The 4 out of 5 star spice rating was something that I hadn't expected to be giving. I didn't even realise this book got spicy until I hit the first scene. There were two almost back-to-back spicy scenes that I read while on a crowded train, like people standing over me kind of crowded, could read over my shoulder kind of crowded, and I just hope my reactions didn't give anything away. Solomon knows how to build tension, not only for the characters but for us as readers as well. We didn't get any fake-outs, she actually went for it and didn't just cut scene and imply that smut happened. I really, really loved how respectful Shay and Dom were with each other in these moments as well. It was just very nicely written spice. Well done. (laughs) Moving on to a few quotes that I really liked from the book. I thought they were quite memorable. I think there's about seven or eight, eight or nine, so just bear with me. The first one is from chapter 2, page 23. I wonder if content is really just a synonym for complacent. This quote, on page 23, come on now, but I really liked it. The idea that maybe sometimes we say or, or let ourselves pretend that we're content even though we may not be in a situation or a place in our lives that we're actually happy with and we just sort of become complacent about the whole thing rather than facing it head on. And by being complacent and pretending that we're content, you don't have to face anything. You could just live in the moment and pretend and everything will be okay. It is okay to face the fact that maybe sometimes we're not exactly where we want or need to be in that moment and that's okay. 
and that quote just really sort of drove that home for me. The next quote also comes from chapter 2, page 23, and it goes like this. I didn't want to go off the rails, but I wanted to get close enough to see what was on the other side of them. Now, this was a quote from Shay describing sort of the moments after her father passed away and the time after her father passed away. And it was this idea that she never wanted to go too far and she never wanted to go completely off the rails, but she wanted to get as close as she could and push it as far as she could to try and see what was on the other side of them. It's a whole grass is greener situation, I guess. I just thought that was a really interesting look into how people grieve sometimes and a different kind of grieving. That is one way that people get over loss is see how far they can push it and see how far they can rock the boat. Not for anyone else, but for themselves, testing their own boundaries because they can. Because sometimes it feels like there's no other option. And I thought that was really interesting and a really interesting thing to put so early in the book. And I do recall a couple of scenes quite early on where I got a bit teary and I was like, oh no, this is, this can't be setting the tone. The next one is from chapter five, page 50. And it is one of my favorite quotes, not just from the book, but I think ever is brilliant. It goes like this. What would a mediocre white man do? Now, Amina says this to Shay when Shay's still trying to decide what she's doing with the radio show size podcast and whether she's going to do it with Dominic and try and convince Dominic to do it with her. And her concern is that she doesn't have a voice for radio. She's always been told her voice is too high-pitched. She knows people will make comments about it. She's a producer. She's always been told that she doesn't have that voice for radio. And Amina says to Shay, what would a mediocre white man do? And the answer to that is, a mediocre white man would have already done this two weeks ago the show would have been on air for two weeks and I think that is a great way to live your life if you want to do something and you're hesitating and you're not sure to stand there and think what would a mediocre white man do and if the answer is they would have already done it because because they can then just do it stop second guessing and just do it the next one is from chapter 9 page 89 The deceased don't immediately become flawless human beings, and it wouldn't be right to turn him into one. We loved him, faults and all. This line is beautiful because it's true. When people pass away, their faults and their flaws don't just disappear. Anything that they may have done while they were alive, it doesn't just get erased. The good, the bad, it stays, it sticks. The people that knew them will remember and they will remember for a very long time and this idea that no matter what to a degree depending on what the situation is but despite everything no matter someone's faults or their flaws as long as they're not awful you still love them you will love them either way and they don't need to be flawless human beings because nobody can be and I really like it. I thought that was just a really, really lovely quote. This one is from chapter 12, page 124. Classical music swells from my speakers, wrapping its notes around my heart and guiding me home. Oh, this image is so lovely. The image of the music physically flowing out of Shay's car radio speakers 
and not only wrapping itself around Shay, but around Shay's heart and physically guiding her home. It's just so lovely. Any imagery where music becomes tangible for me is just it hits home every time. I love it. I love the image of of music being touchable and tangible and and physical because people often feel music like that and it's just really really lovely I really like it give me a quote about music any day this one is from chapter 29 page 273 and we're kissing and it's like I've lived my whole life without chocolate and only now at age 29 am I discovering its sweetness these two are so soft (laughs) This is Shay describing her first kiss with Dom and describing how it is like she's finally tasting how sweet chocolate is for the first time. I cannot with these two. I love them so much. They are officially, I've said it already, they're my OTP. I love them. They're adorable. Please. (laughs) Now, the next one is from chapter 32, page 297. They always let me down. They just keep finding new ways of doing it, those innovative assholes. Now, this is after Shay and Dom have just been exposed at the podcast convention and Dom basically leaves Shay up there to deal with the fallout herself and he runs off stage and he leaves her there and doesn't stand up for both of them and she's left basically to deal with the fallout. Shay has been in a lot of relationships where things have ended quite quickly, usually because she has said, I I love you too soon. And the relationships have fallen apart. And now she's getting hurt again and the relationship is falling apart again. But this time because Dom couldn't handle the situation and they found, he found a new way to hurt her. I just love the little sarcastic, innovative assholes That just made me chuckle a little bit as well. This last one is from chapter 34, page 309. I used to think that without my dad, I'd never be whole again. But maybe that's what we all are. Halfway broken people searching for things that will smooth our jagged edges. This quote is so beautiful. It is just another example of Rachel Lynn Solomon tackling grief in this book in a way that is lovely and respectful and that makes sense. I think anybody who's lost anybody knows that feeling of not being 100% complete anymore. And it's not easy. It's hard. Sometimes you do feel like you'll never be the same person again purely because that person isn't in your life anymore. And whether that be a friendship ending or, or someone passing away... There's different kinds of losing people, and I think this quote stands for all of them. Solomon has done a beautiful job once again. I think it's a really nice quote to end on. All of the previously stated is why I've given the X-Talk a 4.5 out of 5 stars. To start wrapping things up, I picked up the X-Talk by accident at a bookshop. I hadn't intended to buy a book that day, and I ended up just grabbing the X-Talk because it was there. I was buying a tote bag. I didn't just want to buy the tote bag because it was in a bookstore. So I picked it up and I'm glad I did. The spice was a surprise, but it was a well-written one. The storyline was good and the characters were just relatable. 
there were some really lovely romantic or just all-round cute scenes and Dom and Shay have officially been inducted into my top OTP list. Would I recommend it? Yeah, absolutely I would. I think anyone who enjoys a Hallmark movie will enjoy this one. It's not always soft and fluffy and it points it can be quite sad but honestly that's part of its charm and it does set a nice change of pace. I can absolutely recommend reading the book with a curated playlist for it playing as background music. It really adds another level to the experience and makes it that much better. I read the first sort of third and then I just jumped on Spotify and found a random playlist that someone had made for the book and it just it was amazing. It was such a good idea and I'm planning to do that a lot for the future. Is that something that you guys would be interested in? Me putting together Spotify playlists for each book that I read so that you could listen to it alongside the books when you read them? Let me know on our Instagram. Like I said earlier, for me, this is one of my top reads of 2022 and I will stand by that. Well, that's it from me. I hope you enjoyed the review of the X-Talk. Have a lovely rest of your day or evening. Take care of yourselves. Drink some water. Get some sleep. Be safe. And I will see you next time on Inside the Spine.